As followers of Christ, we are faced with new norms and societal changes that may differ from our worldview. We see fads continue to shape not only our culture, but our beliefs as well. Are we following the trends of life, or are we seeking after the deeper truths which God places before us? We'll discuss these questions and more in Trend or Truth. Hello, young adults, OGs, and whoever else may be out there listening. This is Zorn live from the Amp Station Studios, managed and ran by Mason Phillips, our main guy. Uh, Mason, I know you can't speak, but I appreciate you um, doing what you do, brother. Um, So we're still talking about uh, false prophets, false teachers, um, and I've still got pretty much the same crew in here. It's a different week, but uh, luckily they came back again. So is, is that lying or that's probably... Okay, they were already here, and we're just doing it back-to-back, so I'm, I'm not even going to go there. I don't want that. My daughter will bring up, you lying little, you lying much, and so I don't want her to use that against me. So you know how Reggie is, Pastor Dave. Yeah, so. yeah that's, how, that's what false teachers do. <laughs> See? There you go. I'm already there learning. You go. I'm already learning. So let's just go around the table and, and do some introductions. I'm from Destiny Life Church, uh, Pastor John Ray. Hey, guys. Who I'm going to attempt to call Pastor John instead of Pastor Ray, and, and then uh, so on and so forth. So, And then uh, from Claremore Assembly of God, we got David. Muburn. Hey, everybody. And then, last but definitely not least, uh, the original Pastor Ray from First United Methodist Church, Ray Crawford. Great to be with you. Awesome to have you guys. Thanks again for uh, just doing this. And, and again, thanks for your support in our ministry and, and uh, what you guys do for us, uh, both financially, uh, uh, prayerfully, and, and just the help. You know, our spring break feed was one of the coolest things this year because we had so many churches just come and serve those kids. Uh, we did 12 meals over six days and uh, had about at least the, I think the least we ever did was 20, 20 something, 21 or two. Um, but the church is coming in and helping. That just was, it was just such a cool thing. So, and what's really cool about it is I learned a phrase from uh, Jeff Ray a long time ago and it's called divine manipulation. So uh, I don't know if it's good either, but that's on him, not me now. <laughs> right. He shouldn't have taught it to me, but you know, we, we try to get those people in here to serve those kids because they fall in love with the kids. And like John Reed's one of the guys, him, his wife sent some stuff Well, he came in and brought it and met these kids and that dude's on fire. He's like, man, I, now I want to help all I can, you know? Right. So this is a cool deal uh, to see people get excited about these young adults as, uh, as much as Kimberly and Doug and Terry and Kyla and Gary, uh, uh are our OGs that help us out. So. So let's get right back into this. Um, I'm going to kind of jump into a, a, I don't, I guess it's a hot topic because I've, I've heard a lot about it and I actually saw a pastor. Uh, I think I sent you guys the video um, and the videos weren't important that you watch them. It was just kind of for context of where all this come about. But I saw a pastor uh, do a message and they were eliminating uh, songs like from Hillsong and Elevation and uh, all these kind of mega churches because they felt like that their leadership was heretical or, or in the false teacher area. And so playing their music and um, uh, in their worship services and things like that would be uh, financially helpful to those ministries. And they didn't want to do that because they felt like they were from, from those kinds of uh, false teaching areas. So just a uh, real quick, what are kind of each of your thoughts on, on the music itself? And then, you know, is that something that, uh, you believe should be going on or is it something that you're, you just don't see it being as big a deal as maybe this pastor did? Well, it's, I mean, it's a great question that part of what's behind that question is the whole idea of, you know, guilt by association. And, um, you know, I think every 
probably worship song. Is that what you're focusing yeah. on primarily? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think those have to be weighed on their own individual merit, it seems to me. Okay. Um, God can use those things, and because there's some association with something that we that we don't necessarily uh, support, um, you know, I, I mean, I think you have to almost case by case kind of uh, kind of thing. Um, so uh, you know, and I'm not I'm not sure you know specifically what songs we're talking about here, and specifically what uh, uh, you know what pastors we're talking about either, but. But uh, again, I think each each one of those, you know, when we use something in worship, for example, we we try to weigh whatever that act of worship, that that music, that creed, whatever it might be, we try to weigh it on its own merits. Right, right. I like that. Well, I think sometimes um, you know, it's a lot of things that go into worship, is it, right? I mean, you know, your True. the personality of your church, the the area True. of the country you're in, the influence. Uh, I've often said we're out here in Claremore. If we were much closer to the metro area then our crowds would probably be influenced by a lot of other th- other things but I, I i heard something a long time ago that, that kind of impressed me and that is sometimes if we're not careful we get to we praise praise and we worship worship versus worshiping wow, yeah. the lord who is supposed to be yeah. the object of that so i think that's where the danger comes um i don't know about the heresy and that type of thing that might be involved. Somebody could take an extreme, which I've seen in the videos and talk about, you know, well, they repeat these and it's, you know, associated with witchcraft. And I mean, you can get really out in left field if you want to uh, with just about anything if you yeah. if you want. But, you know, I think the most important thing, if, if it's if it's not leading someone to, uh, to uh, have a greater worship experience, if it's not focused on the Lord Jesus Christ, if it's not... Uh, conducive to ministry and it's obviously if it's not biblical right you know, then then it should be eliminated but i think sometimes we we really throw the baby out with the bath water sometimes uh because of uh, of extremes and i just think that we need to be careful with that before i let you go on this uh pastor john ray i'm gonna um you said um something i forgot what he said now so you're gonna it have to really good at this one that's because it was so profound Yes. Okay. We need to move on. No, I got it. I got it. So 630, you're going to have to do some work. But uh, so uh, that reminds me of, uh, you know, being biblical. Uh, And they they could have been doing this for marketing, but Hillsong had a movie not too long ago. And they're one of the one of the topics of this pastor and of the uh, the video that I sent you guys. And they were waiting to do a song live in concert for the first time ever that they had written for the elders back at the church in Australia to v- validate that it was biblical before they would let them perform it. And I, that just, to me, that spoke a lot, you know, and, and that's what these guys are saying. These guys are saying that they're not biblical, that they don't believe Jesus walked the face of the earth, you know, these things that fall in that heretical category. And I just don't see that sometimes. So that's kind of, that's why I wanted to have you guys here, but that was one of the things. And, Maybe it was marketing. Maybe they're going, well, we really need to show that we're biblical because we're catching flack on that or something. I, I don't know, but to me it was believable. You know, it was it was worth, well, that's awesome to me if they're really making sure that those songs are biblical. Um, and maybe it's their interpretation that's off, but, but, you know, to me it meant something. So go ahead and, and say what you were going to say, John, about uh, this topic. Well, on that I would say, you know, that, only the Lord knows the thoughts and intents of our heart. So it's, true. it's not our place to judge. We just see what they did. And uh, they submitted that to the authority that God had, 
that they they had been entrusted to. So that's what we should do. You know, when we look at worship scriptures, we look at, at worship. When you take those individual songs, like Ray was saying, you look at them in individually. I think there's three different things that you need to look at. One is the individual words. Are mm-hmm. they based on scripture? Are right. you are you singing something that's going to align with scripture? I I was at a church once and they had a uh, on the screen they had the the lyrics to the song and then down below it in a smaller font they had verses that aligned with oh, wow. the lyrics that you yeah. were singing and so somebody had done a ton of work because yes, that would be yes that'd be a lot I, but you need to get stephanie on that. yeah right. wanna, tell, tell her i want to see that this week <laughs> that didn't come from me <laughs> yeah so yeah but it was it was really cool because you're seeing that you're singing scripture yeah and you know first john tells us that if we if we pray according to god's word then we we pray according to god's will then he hears us yeah. and we know that if he hears us that we have what we ask of him and so i think that that could apply to worship as well i mean Paul makes a connection between prayer and, and worship and thanksgiving. Uh, so looking at the individual words is important. And then out, outside of that, the broader context, because we all know that, like we talked about last week, that it's important to take chunks of Scripture, not just individual yeah, verses. Right. So I could use a verse in a worship song and take it out of context. Sure. It wouldn't be hard to do. So And in the pulpit. Yeah. I mean, in the pulpit you could. I mean, That's never happened. I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I think Ray mentioned last week that we, we grow, we, we develop, right. you know, yeah. we, we mature. That is true. It's never happened. I fact check. <laughs> John Ray. John Ray, yeah. I love it. <laughs> there are some that do, yeah. So, <laughs> so looking at the theology behind the whole thing, and, and I would say, to Dave's point that you know, where is this song taking us? Where are we going with this worship? Yeah. It, at the end of it, am I thinking, man, I'm awesome. You know, God's been really good to me. Or at the end of it, am I thinking God is amazing. God is so great. Yeah. And and so it really is about the object of our worship. At the end of it, are we worshiping the worship or are we worshiping ourselves? Or are we focused on on what that is and that end result is ultimately what worship is all about that it should be heavenly focused it should be god focused yeah i love that um so as as leaders and you you guys are all the lead pastor at your church have, have you ever had a song that you you have had pulled or whether you did it or your worship leader and, and is that kind of something you just trust to the worship leader well both i mean pastors have to have to uh uh, trust the people who are leading various aspects of worship. That's for sure, and uh, and again, have a you know we try to keep a, a, a broad view. As a pastor, I recognize that not everybody who's worshiping with us on a Sunday morning is going to f- you know quote fall in line with everything I believe exactly mm-hmm. the way I believe it, and so I have to have the uh, I, I love you know Pastor Dave uh, last week quoted. From my, I think it was a, I think it was actually a Lutheran back in the 1600s who first said, uh, in uh, in essentials unity, in non essentials liberty, right. and in all things charity. Right. And we recognize that, uh, uh, you know, we don't have a, no church has a corner on the market of truth, right? Uh, yeah. That we we learn from each <laughs> other, and so if it's if it's an essential thing that we that we think is a kind of a deal breaker theologically, for example, we would we would shy away from that that music, but. Uh, you know, perhaps if a, if a song makes me a little uncomfortable, makes me think, uh, that's not always a bad thing. Right. Because uh, when I get uncomfortable is when I grow, and when I think is when I, is when I grow. And so uh, 
you know, I, I think again, each song has to be weighed with with various merit. Um, you know, in our in our tradition, we're uh, we're the we're the free will folks. We we believe that God gives us free will. We don't believe that that life is uh, scripted. For example, that we just uh, you know live out a plan that's already been written ahead. Um, and and there are other theological tra- traditions uh, who. Um, who follow um, more of a of a, of a Calvinistic uh, theology? Mm-hmm. Who who uh, ha, you know do um, well? We'll say they do a better job focusing on the sovereignty of God. Nothing can happen outside of God's plan, God's will. Um, we struggle with that a little bit, but in the end, we have to say, you know, <laughs> hey, God is God, right? And right. so, um, so when we when we have songs in our worship service that are a little little come out of a little different or a reformed theology. Um, you know, we still use them, that God uses them. Right. And uh, when we have an opportunity to talk about those subtle differences in, in our beliefs, we do. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, for us, I mean, there's every song that we sing, we've, we've walked through the words on it. We've, oh, we've, there are some songs that we maybe take oh, a phrase. When you say we, is that, is that the leadership the team, the, pastor, the pastors and... Yeah, the the so um, we kind of operate in an eldership form of of uh, church government. So okay. there's a, a pastoral team on both campuses, and then both pastoral teams together create the governments of the church, the the eldership. Mm-hmm. And so of those elders, there are some that we've selected to kind of be the ones that walk through those lyrics and identify that this does, and so it does need to be approved by them before right. it gets into the, you know. 60, 70 songs that our worship teams can pull from. Uh, And some of those are really close. And so we'll change the lyrics or something. We'll we'll make a modification so that it aligns with our theology. And then, you know, the the worship team does their magic to make it sound good. And and nobody ever knows the difference, but we know that we're we're singing what we believe is true. Right, right. That's so good. Well, I think for the benefit of your listeners, primarily, it's important to know the difference between what we do as a staff, what we do as a church, and what we do as a worship team in the context of our church worship services, plus the music that they would gravitate to on a private level. Mm-hmm. Something when you're driving down the road and what you're listening to, you know, that type of thing, that's probably more influential on them, I'm assuming, but I think that's a safe assumption. No, I agree. We, that they're we paying talk more attention to that than they, than sure. they are what happens at Ray's church or John Ray's church or my church. Um, so I think it's it's important that on a personal basis that uh, you do qualify that based on on a little bit more thinking than oh I like the way this sounds I, it's as easy to remember or mm-hmm. I got a little bit of an inspiration out of it because you know you can have something that's not correct can be moving yeah but that doesn't mean it's inspirational or it's scriptural so I think that's where we have to be individually disciplined to say hey now where is this leading me. You know, is this yeah. causing me to think more about Christ when I hum this song? Because it's the last thing that I heard when I, when I got out of the car. Yeah, I'm humming this during the day or whatever. Is it taking me back to Christ? And I think that really ends up being a discipline issue. In other words, I discipline myself to think it through versus just being moved by it, if you yeah. will. And that's, I think, where where some people, if they want to be critical, I think they're they're critical of churches, especially large churches. Yeah, because. You know, 
most churches today, if they're of any size, you know, then there's a lot more going on than just music and words. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, the lights and the smoke and, you know, the Professional video. musicians. The, yeah, like, different stuff like that. Yeah. So uh, I I think we should do everything that we possibly can to to give the best product out there. Jesus would, Jesus would want us to do our very, very best in presenting anything. But there again, on a private level, where, where does this take me? Mm-hmm. Does this really lead me back to the relationship I have with Christ? And if it does, then, you know, I would imagine, or, well, of course, if it's biblical, you yeah. know, then then I think it's a powerful thing. Because a lot of the the worship songs that, that I listen to, uh, even though I can remember when I first got saved, all they had was quartets. Yeah. And, and I thought, <laughs> okay, God, we're going to suck it up here and be be. be, yeah. be be, be spiritual. I'll do Southern gospel. And then this guy named Andre Crouch showed up and I went, I had a friend of mine that played that. And I went, where did you get this music? It was right. awesome. It was liberating, quite yeah. honestly. And I don't mean that critical. Uh, I doubt any of you. Well, it's, it's a yeah, great point. Your listeners are going to have to Google Southern gospel. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a great point, though, because uh, I was talking to uh, a friend of mine one time and um, he was... Uh, he was discouraged by some of the larger churches that put on a show. That, that's what he said. They're just putting on a show. And being in here, uh, Pastor Ray Crawford said something when we first started talking about this building that stuck with me. And it's, it's I can't remember what you called it as. It wasn't a motto, or but I can't remember what you called it. But you said you guys were okay with, I hope I don't get this wrong, but you guys were okay with uh, creating a comfortable space to teach an uncomfortable message. Do you, do you remember that? I do. What what did you call it? It wasn't a motto. It was a... Well, I mean, that's just something we, um, we've we sort of thought about. And I've, so I think it's George Hunter, uh, the missiologist, that's talked about trying to reach, um, you know, postmodern Americans. And uh, sometimes it's the mistake of the church to, to uh, uh, you know, provide a, a, an uncomfortable setting for example, a setting in which you know people are are uncomfortable with yeah. whether, whether that be some people are uncomfortable with stained glass and organ music because right. they just that's the only place during the week that they're that they that they're around that right right and so they come into the church are kind of it's the only time they ever sit on something called a pew and they're they're looking around <laughs> like this is this is odd yeah and then we water down the message so that it's just a very comfortable kind of thing um, and of course the other opposite could that of that could be True as well. I mean, uh, we, we have people that are uncomfortable in um, in other kinds of settings, but but the idea is that to provide a comfortable setting where you can hear a challenging message, right? And uh, so that's kind of what we've been trying to do, and 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 that's not easy because again, people are all over the map on that. But yeah. uh, but but to provide a, a comfortable, non-threatening kind of a venue, if you will, makes you might want to come in. Sure. Yeah. And and then and then uh, share the the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is um, which is wonderful and liberating, and and it, it's salvation, but it is not uh, safe. Yeah. We ca- and that's what kind of I felt like typified what we were trying to do with this building was it's not a church building. It doesn't even closely resemble one. As a matter of fact, we still have people come in here and. Uh, want to buy beer because they thought it was still think it's a gas station. Um, we had one girl come in one night. Um, she thought it was a bar. And so she was stopping in to have a drink, ended up staying and listening to the message. And we can't get it. Her story would be two podcasts, but it's, it's amazing. 
because she just started hanging around and uh, yeah. she still isn't where we want her to be, but I believe she's where God wants her to be. And, and we're still praying for her. And she, she has all of us inspired in that way that mm-hmm. to pray for her and, and just be excited to see God change her life in the long term of things. But my point was, uh, you know, is the show okay? As long as we stay within some, some certain parameters to get people in the door. Cause Honestly, I believe a lot of those churches are after a younger crowd. They're after the Masons. They're after some of our kids that are just about to leave college and try to keep them. It, is that show okay? Because this guy didn't really feel like it was. And, you know, I kind of like the music. I kind of I like the show. It, it, uh, it was the first place where I actually raised my hands. I mean, you know, it, and it, I, I, I want to be careful because I, I don't want to worship the worship, but there's something about worship that changes your worship. <laughs> you you yeah. know what I mean? And, and I, I can remember my buddy saying, uh, man, it won't be long as Andy Wareheim. And he's like, it won't be long. You'll be singing out loud. And I was like, that ain't ever happened, but, <laughs> but this is okay. You know, and the next thing I know, you know how it is, but, but is that okay? Is, is the show okay? Or is there a line to it? Well, we're, we're obviously at destiny life. We're going to come from one end of that spectrum. Probably, um, you know, we don't go all out, you know, it's not, uh, a rock show on Sunday morning, um, but we have a little bit of haze and we have lights and you know we do some things and so um, really so there's there's two parts to that. One is uh, the lesser always yields to the greater. So we 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 say you know John says that uh, in John three thirty that uh, you know he is that come. a theory or is that an actuality? What do you mean by that? Like, go ahead with your point, and I'll, I'll, so, I'll, yeah, so, I'll bring up the rest of it. So John says, you know, he's come, so I must decrease so that he can increase. So the lesser yields to the greater. And, uh, and so in worship, if there is an issue where, you know, somebody has a, a problem, and, and we do this intentionally, you know, our 9 o'clock service is a little different than the 11 o'clock service. 11 o'clock service you know, in, embraces some of those things a little more openly uh, so that we can create two different opportunities for people to worship. And in doing that, um, you know, there are people that say, well, like, I'm, I'm allergic to the haze or, I, I, you know, yeah. it's distracting or whatever it might be. And so we don't do those things in the nine o'clock service to give them an opportunity to really be able to enter into worship because those aren't the elements of our worship. Now, the flip side of that right. is... There are people on our media teams that have been gifted in these areas that they really feel like I get to express mm-hmm. my admiration of God by programming these lights to do cool things. And I love it when I can I get an opportunity to time the lights with the lyrics with the with the band and so everything happens all at once and you know the haze helps you to see the lights that are happening and you know all that stuff. So they're using God-given gifts to right. glorify God in the way that they express worship. And we want to create an opportunity for that. So there's two sides to that. So you're not just focused on necessarily the audiences, but the people that are serving, that are in the trenches sure, and yeah. doing, doing the work. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I like that. That's good. I, I hope we pray this over our worship teams, that they're not just performing. Right. They're leading us in worship. Right. Which means that they're worshiping and we're following along. Yeah. They're taking us somewhere. So everyone on the platform isn't just on the platform. They're just leading us in what yeah. they're already doing. I love that. Pastor, that's one of the things Pastor Dave taught me early on was, uh, 
you know, you don't need great singers. You need great worshipers Absolutely. up there. You need people that are truly worshiping up there. And it's, it's changed the way that, that we went around thing early on, you know, cause yeah. I was just like, let's just get the greatest band ever, you know? And it, it didn't work cause we had, we had some pretty good stuff. And, and whenever he told that to me, it, it just like was an eye opener deal. And it was, it was amazing. And then, and then talking to someone too, to maybe get them into something, get them uncomfortable, you know, mm-hmm. a, a, a young adult that's like, man, I love to sing, but I can't do it on stage. And like, Hey, you know, I don't need you to sing on stage. I need you to worship on stage so right. they can see you worship. Cause if they see, so if they see me worship, it's like, there's another old guy worshiping, you know, but if they see you worship, it might influence their worship. And, yeah. And that's huge. So did you have something to say on, on the well, show part? Yeah. Yeah. Just a little bit. Okay. Um, I think it's that word show. Yeah. When somebody right. uses yeah. that, they automatically put it in a category of, is this a performance? This is a concert I'm right. going to, that type of thing. And I realized that we live in a day where there's preferences. You know, all of us have challenges in that we have a lot of older and very younger, you know, so trying to blend. I know that, Ray, you have two different services, and they're probably designed to, to meet those. Five, I, I can't represent right. yeah. that that well. But there's I actually, know you guys. There's actually you know, 18 maybe. services. How many do you really <laughs> have over there? We have 10. 10, okay. Yeah, they all serve a unique purpose, really, though. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and I think that that's awesome. Uh but my whole point is is that there's some people that, that are going to automatically reject anything regardless of the outcome or regardless of how professional or how worshipful it might be because it doesn't fit in their realm of preference. And um, I think we'd all be amazed because you've done probably a lot more history on this than I have. You know, the years of worship way back whenever. I mean, stop and think about it. All of us are pretty much limited in what we do worship with what we have there to worship with. <laughs> yeah. You know, whether it's musicians or gifted yeah. vocalists or, or that type of thing. God forbid that I would lead worship in our <laughs> church. But let me just take you it. You do. I exalt thee every once in a while. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, we can dismiss I got to give you quickly. props on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's good. But um, <laughs> like it, it, just, the, like the, just the setting, we are, are totally remodeling our sanctuary um, new carpet. I mean, we're over 25 years in that. So some of it is just, it needs to be replaced, but right. we went chairs versus pews, whole different color scheme. So there's people that were used to that, yeah. you know, but now it's a whole different thing. Why did we do that? We do that because it got old. No, we did that because, you know, our whole thing was if we're not our goal oriented toward ex- just absolutely creating the best opportunity and the atmosphere, I mean, everything from the, the seat, the seat you're in, to everything else to to create a, a worship experience mm-hmm. for someone draws them to Christ and not you know anything else. Which right. I know that's what John Ray does with their stuff. I know that that Ray. I'm envious of Ray, you know, because of the musicians and the soloists and the stuff yeah. that they have. Yeah. I'm hoping that they fall away from God and come to our <laughs> church one day. I'm just kidding, of course. <laughs> but you know, we do these things to enhance the worship experience. Yeah. The goal is, and the bottom line is, is points them to Christ. Yeah, and I, I don't see how you can go wrong. It's really that. good. Yeah, that makes great sense. Yeah, I think that, that's we. You know, I think um, every person probably has some notion of the church. If you were to define your notion of the church in one word, what would that be? Um, that's that's an interesting exercise. And for us, uh, for me, I'll speak for myself personally, and have. Um, I've shared this with my congregation. It's a bridge. You know, the church is there to help uh, provide a bridge between God and his people. Yeah. 
And so in worship, when we have, whether it's our music or our preaching or whatever it might be, to help people connect with God. And if people connect with God on a Sunday morning, whether it's through a message or the Apostles' Creed or the Lord's Prayer yeah. or a song that was written a thousand years ago or a song that was written yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's what we're after. And so, um, and we're all a little different, right? And yeah. so um, we try to try to help people connect with God. I think that's what it's about. Mm-hmm. You know, awesome. Jeff, it's much easier from a personal perspective to try to get you to believe how I feel than it is for me to even consider how you feel. Yeah. And I heard this once. I have no idea where it was, you know, but uh, the person said that they were walking into, you know, a church, a huge church, all blacked out and everything else, loud music. They even had the, the um, um, earplugs on the, on the door if you wanted them. <laughs> And there was an old guy handing out bulletins. I was going to ask you to tell this story. Oh, so yeah. Go for it. He was it. handing out these bulletins, and, and they said, surely you don't like all that. He goes, oh, no, that's not for me at all. He said, but you see those young people in their worship? I love them. Yeah. You know, so, man, sometimes you get so hung up on things that are extreme, and, and they're not important, but they're, maybe they're, they're, they're needed, worth, or, yeah. worth talking about, yeah. you know, yeah. examining our, our priorities. Is it biblical? But I think we get out in left field a lot of times, and, and I think we get in trouble because we do. Yeah, I agree. You got anything else on that, John Ray? Or? Well, taking it back to um, the um, the idea of there are some groups that are you know being identified as you know not right worshiping correctly or, or having the right lyrics. You know, there, there was a song um, by uh, I think it was Hillsong that came out with uh, this song called "So Will I." And, uh, and there was one specific word yeah, in the this. song um, where they used the word evolution, um, and and there was a big blow up yeah. over the whole thing. And so, you know, going back to those original kind of th- those three little things: the individual words, the overall theology, and the end result of what does this song? Mm-hmm. Where does this song take me? Yes, it's unfortunate that um, that they would embrace the idea of evolution um, in those two lines of the song. Um, in terms of of what some were saying was a stance against creationism, yeah. Um, but but if you take it in the context of what they were talking about and the full song, the song itself is incredible. Yeah. I mean, I'm <laughs> we don't sing that song on Sunday mornings, but I can promise you, if you were riding around in my car, <laughs> like you my would ear, hear me sing it. Ear, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> you know. It, so I think that it is important um, because ultimately, like Dave said, that, that's the guy that you know told you that or the story there uh, is absolutely right. You know, yeah. The the verse we read um, in Acts chapter twenty last week that Paul says, "Be on guard for yourselves and your flock, whom the Lord has entrusted to you, that He purchased with His own blood." That that verse wrecks me every time yeah. because Jesus paid for these people and He entrusted them together for us to be together. So it's not. If I'm coming in looking for it, well, I didn't like the worship set today because it, it didn't really move me. <laughs> yeah, you know? it, yeah, that's why I was there. Yeah. And it didn't work for me. Yeah, then we've missed. Yeah, it. I get we, it. We miss worship on Sunday morning if we're coming because we want to feel something. That kind of goes to my next question because, and Pastor David said something about it. You know, if it's not right or whatever. And uh, when I was a thug, I, I knew everything, so I just would tell people, you know. And uh, one of the things I would say, and it was about religion and, and church. Is I my thought was you could go to a church, and the pastor say something that's the exact opposite of the Bible, kind of like what we're talking about here, 
And as an individual, that should that ain't that's not what I have to do. That's not what I have to follow. That should challenge me to go and find. At the time, I wasn't smart enough to know it was in that book, but go find the truth for yourself. Yeah. And I don't mean yourself like you have your truth and Pastor Ray, you have your truth and Pastor Dave, you have your truth. I meant the truth, mm-hmm. you know, for you. Um, and now I know that that's in that Bible. What what would, would you guys say that that's a crazy conflicting statement to say that even if someone is wrong or if a song's wrong, it should still challenge you to go and find what the what the Bible might say about it? Well, sure. I mean, I think that's true. I mean, if we if we know something is going to lead people astray, then of course we have to edit that and and uh, you know probably eliminate that from from our uh, you know from our, from our ritual. But but the fact is that uh, no person is perfect and no church is perfect. And um, you know, if someone comes in hypercritical of uh, of what's yeah. being said and what you know, I mean, I you <laughs> you can probably find something something askew every Sunday at FUMC <laughs> Claremore um, because DLC's uh, in that book. I promise you. You know that if we you, wrote if, that book, <laughs> if you if you're looking for mistakes or if you're looking for something that maybe didn't come off quite right, and and um, you know, occasionally people do say things they don't mean. And, and and so I think you have to look at the bigger picture, right? Um, uh, you know, I I tell folks, you know, come come and come and visit, be our guest for a while, and if you come just once, that's probably not fair to anybody. Yeah. Uh, you know, come and check it out, and 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 look at the big picture, and see if this is a place where you think you right. could uh, find a faith family and and connect with God, um, because all churches and and churches are judged pretty. Um, there, well, there are groups that are pretty hypercritical mm-hmm. towards the church, and maybe it's because the church stands for such lofty principles, and you know the church is claiming to speak for God and those kinds of things, and so they are held, uh, you know, accountable. I think it's was it James chapter three that says, "Don't let many of you become teachers, because you're going to be judged with a stricter." Yeah, and and that's true, and that's probably right, but um, you, you know, if someone told me one time, Crawford, if you uh, if you find the perfect church. Please don't join it because you're going to screw it up, and 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 that's and I think that's true. I know that's true for me. It's probably true for all of us. Uh, Absolutely. You know, the perfect isn't out there. Yeah. Um, but uh, but you know, isn't it great that we can work together to be, um, you know, to, to try to be the best we can be. Right. Yeah. yeah. There is only one perfect church. The problem is you have to die to get into it. Yeah. So. Well, that's right. Yeah. 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 yeah, the membership requirements are very, very stringent. Yeah, <laughs> and isn't it great in our world? You know, we can we can share from other one another's traditions, and technology has made it possible for now that you know we, we can we can fill our sanctuaries with this music from this group from Australia. Right? Yeah, I mean yeah. That, that wasn't possible, um, you know, years ago. Right. Um, we 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 have an understanding of the church. That I think is really uh, someone shared this with me one time, and it helped me. I think. If you think of the church as a, as a tree, and you know, if you think of an oak tree, a big oak tree, and you got the roots of the tree that give life to the tree, you got the trunk that gives it stability. Then you have those beautiful branches and the leaves, and taken together, it's a beautiful thing. It provides mm-hmm. a home for lots of God's creatures, right? And if we think of the roots as Jesus Christ, that's what nourishes the tree. Right. The roots are sunk, sunk deeply into Christ, and that that trunk is maybe the church itself. I'm talking about the church. I'm not talking about First United Methodist or First right, Assembly yeah. or Destiny. Right. I'm talking about God's church around yeah. the world. But then you have those branches, and each of those branches might represent 
the various traditions that have developed over the course of 2,000 years. And each of those leaves might represent, you know, the individual churches mm-hmm. and so forth. And, um, you know, uh, they're, not, they're not all the same. They're different. Yeah. Uh, we recognize that we are definitely not the only branch on the tree. We're probably not even the best branch on the tree. <laughs> we're not the biggest branch on the tree, but we're us. Yeah. And if you step back from that tree, if you focus on one leaf or one, one branch, you're mm-hmm. going to see the flaw. Step back from that you know, 500 feet yeah. and look at that, at that beautiful big oak tree. It's a beautiful thing. Right. Taking mm-hmm. on the whole yeah. together as God's church. There's a lot of beauty in that variety. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, we, we, we do want to be careful that the songs that we sing and the things that we do are not heretical. I think we've used that words, <laughs> word a lot the last couple of weeks, but um, certainly they don't, at least in our tradition, they don't have to, align perfectly right. with you know our finer points of doctrine kind of thing. Yeah. We we can learn from each other. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Yeah. In the in the the vein of not defending but at the same time presenting I think a, a something that's valid. Some of these people who have this opinion and they've mm-hmm. they're very strong on their opinion, um, I, I think there's some validity in it that they see some extremes and they believe that unchecked there's a lot of people that are going to be influenced and led down a road that they shouldn't go, and they're going to end up in a place that they shouldn't be. So I, I, I give value into what they're saying. The problem with that to me is usually the attitude is one of demeaning the other person. Um, you know, it's, it's about I'm right, you're wrong, yeah. which, which causes the conflict. Yeah. So the other side of that is that as listeners, whether we're just uh, young and born again, very recently, or whether we've been in this thing for decades, it's imperative that we uh, are disciplined to search out you know, the validity of this song, the message, mm-hmm. instead of just getting caught up with a, a catchy phrase or, or whatever. Yeah. So I, it, it's, it's valid on both, both ends. Um, and, and I think the end result is if we'll do it maturely. Um, yeah. But I do think that, that it's easy to get caught up you know, in kind of a wave and a fad. And I think all three of our churches, as well as all the churches here in Claremore, are doing our very best to make sure we're doing what's right for Claremore. Right. You know, I've said, just like with Ray, you know, so there's a lot of great churches here in Claremore. I just want to be one of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I just want to try and be in, in that class. Yeah. Not, not that I have to match their attendance or whatever. I, I just want to be what God has called right. me to be. So if that's the attitude of the church, then that needs to be also the attitude of the believer and especially the leadership of that church. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, just just to echo that and really dovetail into it, you know, um, Luke writes in Acts chapter 17 that uh, there were Jews in Berea that were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. That, that there's a there's a real challenge to us. We need to be Berean about right about what's being preached and what's being taught and what's being sung. That we're we're examining the examining these things for our own selves right. against scripture against your revelation from the holy spirit to make sure that these things are true and uh, and if you're doing that for yourself then you know with eagerness um, then you know the word says that that's a noble thing yeah that's good i love that goes right back to what trender truth stands for is the, that truth in the bible right mason he gave me a thumbs up so <laughs> You guys can't hear that, so I'm just. Yeah, but Mason is amazing, though. He is. He is. He's Good job, awesome. Mason. So I'm just going to go with uh, our last question. I think I know the answer, but I just want to hear it from you guys because I value your opinion. Um, 
and I, I imagine they'll be short, but they don't have to be. If you guys got something to expand on it, then do it. But uh, so who ultimately has the right to declare who's a false prophet or a false teacher? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, you know, again, that, and that can be answered a lot of different ways. Um, I think I, I mentioned the, uh, the quadrilateral, mm-hmm. uh, maybe, was that last week? Yeah. I know it gets confusing, doesn't it? It, it gets a little confusing. <laughs> but, you know, r- we use reason, tradition, experience, and scripture. Um, for us, scripture would be final authority. And so, you know, something that's not, doesn't line up with the word of God, with, yeah. with the scriptures, we, um, you know, we sh- we're going to shy away from, and uh, uh, we have, you know, we have dialogue within the church, and we believe that God speaks to the church, mm-hmm. not not only to individuals, but to the church as a unified whole. Yeah, definitely. And uh, we look at uh, we look at how the church has responded to various doctrines and ideas throughout history. Many of the things that we um, th- that surface. And, and they, they look a little different just because of the context of the 21st century. But if right down at the, the heart of the philosophy, you know, it's, it's something that's already been, you know, it's, it's warmed over right. uh, heresy. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's leftovers from something that the church uh, already battled through and pushed through long ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, um, yeah, many, much of the New Testament was written in response to early first century heresy. Uh, things like the Apostles' Creed and some of the great creeds of the ancient church were written in response to some of these things that they were, the church was trying to get right. Yeah, yeah. I would just add to that, which you know, it really doesn't need to be added, but you know, just that word truth. You know, and of course, you know, Scripture is the ultimate you know measure of truth. Mm-hmm. But I, uh, I often think uh, I was in a class one time and they told this story. You know, and of course, we've all seen scenarios like this. But the story went like it was a fictitious story, but. Pastor goes to the store, he buys a bottle of ketchup, he walks out, and he's got a bag, a brown paper bag with a bottle of ketchup in it, right next to the store. It's a liquor store. Someone, oh, yeah. someone sees him mm-hmm. and ima- immediately decides that the truth is, is that my pastor is an alcoholic or, <laughs> or whatever, you know. So when you find out the real truth, it changes you know, a lot of things. It aligns things yeah. back where they, they ought to be because now it's the truth. And I think that, that uh, the... It doesn't really answer the question. The question's already been answered. But I think that there's a lot of people out there that that they they have decided what their truth is yeah. versus what the truth is. Right. And with that, it's easy to build a case. Yeah, it's easy to demean somebody else or devalue somebody mm-hmm. else and discredit them based on that. And uh, because you know, it, it's the way you present it sometimes can be. I mean, Satan, yeah. I'm not aligning them with Satan necessarily, but that's what he does. Yeah. He takes his a whole lot of truth and, and puts a little bit of ounce of a lie in there. And the next thing you know, you're off. Sounded really great. It sounded very perfect, but you, it, it was it was an error. You, uh, you used to tell a story about a lady that's on a subway and uh, her she's with a, a guy's on there and his yeah. kids are running wild and, yeah. and she ends up... Um, kind of getting upset and yeah there was a guy named dennis prophet that did campus ministry with yeah. years and years ago um and um he tells the stories in new york i believe it was and he gets on the subway and uh, this dad actually gets yeah. on there with these three boys and the boys are just extremely unruly and just and the dad's just sitting there and you know, he said i'm just looking at this guy like would you do something about these kids <laughs> right. and the dad looked over and said 
you have to excuse and apologize for my kids. So we just came from the hospital room. My mother, I mean, my wife is dying. And these kids just found out that they only have days with their mom. And they're just upset. And he said, I just don't have it within me to discipline me. So there was a paradigm shift in his thinking because the truth had been presented and it corrected his way of thinking and saying, that doesn't mean that, that it was okay for them to be unruly. But it sure did change yeah. the way he perceived the way he looked their at activities. It. He went from anger, lack of patience, to compassion, yeah. empathy, yeah. and uh, we 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 still use that all the time because uh, in here we we just call it a subway story. You need to know their subway story. Yeah, you're you're mad at them because they barked at you when you were trying to make your deposit, but do you know their subway story? Yeah, sure. Or yeah. can you even just create one in your own mind? Mm-hmm so that you can react with the love of Jesus instead of the reaction that you want to have, which is punch him in the throat and tell him make your deposit. So, <laughs> See, I'm, I'm getting better, John. There you right? go. Hey, appreciate that. Yeah. So yeah. you well, got something on that? Um, yeah, so um, the question, going back to the question, it's um, who has the right yeah. to call someone out? Um, and, uh, and I would say that, um, you know, there's a couple of, of instances in Scripture, you know, Paul confronted Peter mm-hmm. when he was living one way yeah. and what some, you know, what the Gentiles and then the Jews showed up in town in Galatians. It changes and, it all. And Paul calls him out, you know, but, yeah. um, uh, so they had that conversation and then Paul talks about it later. So I would point to that. And then I'd go to like Matthew chapter 18, where you know, we're outlined. This is how you deal with things in every situation. Even here in Acts chapter 20, this verse I keep coming back to, um, you know, Paul goes on to say, after he says all that about that we should be on guard, he says, this is why. Because I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Mm-hmm. And from your own selves, men will arise with twisted ideas to draw people away after themselves. Therefore, be alert. So uh, I think that if we look at all of those, the only people that I have the right to uh, correct or to bring any kind of direction or insight to would be people that I have entrance to. Yeah, I don't. I don't have the right to post on YouTube and say all of you people yeah. out there are wrong right. because I don't know their subway story. Yeah, I, I don't have entrance into their lives. There's so good. God has not entrusted them to me. Right. I'm only responsible to. I'm not responsible for, but I'm responsible to the people of Destiny Life. And, and so those are the ones that God has entrusted to me, and those are the ones I'm going to lean into and, yeah. and bishop and, and shepherd and try to get them to follow as closely as possible what we see in Scripture. So I think um, the, the end result always that I see in God's Word is restoration. It's, always, it's not about calling somebody out or creating a division or you know, excommunicating every step. You look through Matthew 18, every step is about... Can I win this brother back? Bring Can them I back, yeah. bring them back into the family? Because it's always about restoration. You know, the verse we led, read last week in Titus chapter three, it's give this guy two or three chances before you, you know, distance yeah. him yeah. from your group. Don't just immediately. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't jump to the gun. Instead, in every situation, it's somebody you have a relationship with. So I'm not going to transgress someone's conscience and jump into their stuff and say, you're doing all of these things wrong. I don't even know you. Yeah, okay. and I don't even yeah, know you. Right, right. Instead, it's those that I have entrance to that have given mm-hmm. entrance to me to speak in their lives. Those are the only people that anyone would have responsibility 
to try to correct. That was a conversation that, that was part of starting this as well, was a, a gentleman that's wanting to come in here and kind of hang out with this some, and, and uh, he was he was saying, you know, I, I agree with all the love and stuff that you guys talk about, because he's been in some of our small groups, and he says, but there's you gotta, you got to correct people. And my deal was, you just need to come and see, because we're not afraid to correct someone, but 90% of the time, all we have to do is just ask them if they're okay. And then they'll tell you what's going on. And then that's when you have the entrance you're talking about. Right. But that never happens if we don't have relationship. Yeah. I can't go to someone that I don't know and say, I know you're a brother in Christ, but you don't know me, but you're getting this wrong and it be received well. You know, yeah. uh, the gentleman that come in and told me about my immature messages, that was a, I'm close to that guy. I value what he says. It was, it was kind of, funny to watch because he was terrified to say it. I'm like, dude, just let it out. And But it was hurting him to hurt me, you know? Mm-hmm. And that mattered. Mm-hmm. If I didn't know that it hurt him to hurt me, I wouldn't have received that message. But because I knew it hurt, then it's like, okay, this is something serious. I need to I need to pay attention to this. So it was actually valuable rather than, you know, get out of here. You don't know what you're talking about. I'm not listening to what you have, to, you know. So I, I get it, man. And that's that's one of the things that we just, uh, we reiterate here is is about getting that relationship. But again, we can't be afraid to be uh, with delivering an uncomfortable message or putting you in an uncomfortable spot to, to show your gift and and live for Christ. So one of those uh, churches that that video was calling on the carpet, one of those, you know, expressions of the kingdom was um, um, Hillsong and uh, the pastor of Hillsong, New York, Carl Lentz uh, says, he said this, I thought was really good. And it was in specifically to a certain situation, but uh, you can apply it to everything. And he said, I don't like to make public comments about stances because yeah. it takes away my opportunity to have private conversations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if I just come out with a bold statement, you know, unless I'm like directly quoting scripture, mm-hmm. I'm not going to make a bold declaration because there's so many nuances to every situation. Right. I'd rather have the private conversations with the people I actually have relationship with and walk them through it versus them just feeling like, well, now we know where they stand yeah, and then awesome. cut off from that altogether. Right. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, we've really got to wrap this up. Um, we went way longer, but it was fantastic because it was just a great conversation. Um, I can't thank you guys enough for doing this. Uh, I need you guys to know that um, I'm not very good at this. So I, I, I value that you guys are in my life and I can go to you for the things that I need to go to you for. And, and that means a lot to me. And I know it means a lot to my kids too, because uh, I talk about y'all's influence and I talk about how if I can't find the answer, I've got a crew of amazing guys that I can go and, and search for it with them. Um, so I appreciate you guys for that. But I want to just go around real quick, start with you, Pastor John Ray. And if you'll just mention your uh, service times, uh, where we can find you and watch if we want to stay home and watch where we can do that and do it in a safe way or feel safe. Then, uh, And then yeah. you guys just go around and do that and then I'll close this thing up. Yeah, so Destiny Life, we meet at 9 and 11 on Sundays, uh, two campuses, one here in Claremore, one in Owasso. Uh, our website is dlc.tv. You can also find us on YouTube or Facebook. Awesome, awesome. That's Pastor John Rain and Pastor Dave Muburn with Claremore Assembly. Yeah, Claremore Assembly. Um, we are per- currently just having our morning service. Uh, we do have Sunday school and everything like that, but uh, 1045 on Sunday. Uh, we're not doing our Sunday night services yet. We'll re- reinstitute those in, in the fall. Um, then, of course, a Wednesday evening services and that type of thing. But uh, we are streaming, and cagok.org is the uh, website. You can go to that. 
We're on Facebook as well, but right. I am over 60, so you'll just have to find us <laughs> underwear under Claremore Assembly somewhere. Perfect. That's Pastor Dave Eburn at Claremore Assembly, and then uh, Pastor Ray Crawford from First United Methodist Church. Yeah, we have worship services on Sunday mornings just right next door here to AMP, 839, 45, and 11, and then down on our south campus, the Vessel Church right next to the theater on Sunday mornings as well, as well as uh, Saturday night. Yeah. Uh, we have... Uh, we have a, I might just mention, we have a uh, Celebrate Recovery on uh, Tuesday nights yeah, good, at good. the Central Campus, and that's a fantastic service. You want to see some worship, yeah. that's the place oh, to go. Oh, yeah, people are yeah. very authentic and uh, yes. working, on, working on their stuff uh, with God, with God's help. And so, uh, ClaremoreFUMC.org. And that's where they can get streaming info and everything. Correct. And, of course, all these guys have Facebook presence, too. So, well, basically, uh, this was really a lesson for me. I asked these guys to be here because I was struggling to find the answers to this and uh, struggling with the video and the pastor that I saw. And and uh, so I just wanted to talk to some guys that I thought, you know, I value their opinion. I value their, their heart and their stance for God. And I've seen them live the example. So uh, that's why this conversation had happened. And I think we come back to the basis of we just need to take everything that's said, whether it's by a prominent uh, pastor that you trust or someone that maybe is saying things that you may not disagree with and go to God and go to his word and check it against that and see what it has to say. And I, and I believe that as you do that, and especially in big chunks uh, out of the Bible, you will start to uh, hear what God has to say for you and, and for your life. And the greatest thing about that too, for me is he gives you the ability to share that with people that you love more than anyone else. Uh, in the times that you need it. And that's, that's coming from a a real simpleton. Uh, You know, I, I, I'm not a guy that understands or, or uh, reads uh, and comprehends really well. But when I spend time with God and his word, he changes that. And I love him for that. So I thank you guys and uh, super excited to put this out and we'll, we're going to ask you guys to share it. So you'll have to hear from me. So great. uh, Good job. Hey, thanks. Thank you guys for listening out there. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Trend or Truth podcast. This podcast is recorded out of the AMP station in Claremore, Oklahoma. AMP is a Christian ministry geared towards college students and young adults with an emphasis on loving God, loving people, and making disciples. If you like what you heard, consider becoming a subscriber so you don't miss out on a single episode. We release new entries every Monday. Also, rate and review this podcast on iTunes and share it on social media. Once again, thank you for joining us today, and we'll talk to you next time.